Okay, good morning everybody. Welcome to another episode of Entrepreneurs in Small Rooms Drinking Coffee. I'm your host Rob Kennedy and we're here with Aaron of Vantage Analytics. Good morning. Good morning Rob, great to be here. Just as you were about to take a sip. I am, well, <laughs> but I'm not drinking coffee. This is my green tea. Oh, we're not supposed to say that. Oh, sorry. For our sponsors, which we have none. So, uh, hey, uh, so tell us what Vantage Analytics is. Vantage Analytics is a fantastic company based here in Toronto. Uh, we're a, a dozen guys and gals that are helping um, small, medium-sized retailers to gain insight out of their data and then turn that insight into action. And so you're online, online at the moment? We're, we're focusing mostly on online retail. About 85% of our stores are online retail, uh, but there's um, we work with a lot of platforms that are increasingly moving to this om idea of omnichannel, so mm -hmm. you're both online and in-store. So how do you, um, like, how, why as a retailer, why would I use Vantage versus say like just sticking Google Analytics or something on my store? Yeah, no, it's a great question. So GA is a fantastic tool for giving you overall general trends about where things are going, mm -hmm. uh, but they it doesn't give you a lot of uh, insight directly into the pathing that's going on. Doesn't give you any calculations or metrics about what exactly is taking place. So, for example, we might turn to someone, one of our retailers, and as we often do, and say, "What's your repeat customer rate?" And they'd say, "I have no idea." And Often stores in our kind of sweet spot of just under 20 million, somewhere between like half a million and 20 million dollars in sales, okay. will say they have no idea because they don't have the wherewithal, they don't have a team. It's like mega retailers would have yeah, they might who have, do that yeah, kind of thing. They have all kinds of people with really expensive software right. and that you need to be a programmer in order to work with. Mm. But, but you know, if you're sub 20 million in size, you probably might have an analyst, you know, might have a junior analyst or a business insight person or a you know, more likely an intern that's pulling, trying to pull some numbers out of a, some kind of a system. And you have to know to ask the questions. Yeah. Which so we say, what's your repeat customer rate? And they'll say, we have no idea. So which means that they, they're not thinking about how much money they're spending to, to bring in old customers, to bring back old customers versus uh, bringing in new customers. I see. So the, the, the upshot is, you know, Google Analytics can tell you bounce and all that other stuff, but to, you know, your Actually, it only gives you general trends too. It's yeah. a, it uses algorithms and sampling in order to kind of give you overall ideas. Yeah. But if you ever are in a situation where you're looking at your actual data, you know, of, of, from your pages right. um, and actual Google Analytics, you want to trust your own system. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, I use Google Analytics as a proxy for things like uh, <clears throat> Mixed Panel or Kiss Metrics or sure. whatever. It's that they're not retail focused. They don't focus on customers necessarily buying things necessarily. They're just they do everything, so they do nothing kind of thing. Sure. That's fair. Um, and I, I think GA, Google Analytics, is, is also pretty tough to use. I mean, yeah. the interface is not necessarily conducive to people that um, aren't, you know, aren't programmers. Um, it's a fantastic tool. Yeah. Um, but you have to have a level of sophistication in order to use it. And an awful lot of retailers that we work with just don't have the wherewithal to do that, don't have the time, the energy, or frankly, the inclination to really focus their time and energy on that. They want to be retailers. They don't want to be analysts. Right. And so I think your tool like is like plugs into things like Magento and stuff like that. Yeah. So you kind of, if you're, you already have a retail platform, you can just plug in your tool and it just kind of works. Is that yeah, we work with Shopify, Magento, uh, big commerce and other kind of one, one-to-one -one kind of uh, integrations. But, right. um, yeah, so it's a really, it's a great platform for us because those data sets are, are standardized. So mm -hmm. we can integrate one time and, and generally we can kind of work with, a you know, hundreds of thousands of stores at the same time, which makes it a lot easier for us to scale. And do you, do you charge per like install or is it a how do how do the customers pay typically charging well, that would be novel um, it's free for yeah everybody. it's a free no we actually we use a freemium model so it's actually free to get started um, and it's actually free forever um, if you're only at a certain size or a certain tier um, is it based and, on sales like or how do you well, determine we, well, what, what we do is we um, 
depending on the level of sophistication that you're looking for. So people start with us with a very basic dashboard. We'll give them kind of a couple dozen metrics, and then they're, they'll start asking for more sophisticated metrics that mm -hmm. we have to have hired you know, our own um, data team in order to kind of help figure out how to calculate those. Mm -hmm. And they want more and more information. They want to have the ability to maybe control the level of access. They don't want all the team to be able to see all the information, or they want to be able to do other cool things. Cool. So how do you... Um, how do you get into retail analytics? Yeah. Is this, you know, you were a retailer and then... Yeah, no, um, I have you guys done, started like two years retail. ago? Yeah, we started about two, uh, yeah, two years ago. Um, so, uh, you know, I spent a, a better part of uh, maybe four years kind of saving up money and, and putting money aside, knowing that I wanted to start something but not knowing exactly what it was. Mm -hmm. I used to run uh, VeriScience operations here in Canada mm -hmm. um, and uh, had been a consultant to working in the mobile payments and mobile commerce space and um, really getting into the digital ID space. So having been a consultant and you know, charged my, my clients at decent rates, uh, I had able, been able to put some money aside. Mm -hmm. And I knew I was generally going to find something in that area of, of software and, mm -hmm. and I needed to find the right partner. Um, that took a while to do and I needed to find the right idea. And you know, I came into it with a decent part of the idea and my co-founder was just you know, a lightning in a bottle and was able to really help refine it. And How did you guys find each other? Introduced through a mutual friend. Oh yeah? yeah You're actually, like, I'm looking for a co-founder? No, I actually like, went to the mutual friend to try to recruit him to join me right. and he said, I'm not ready, I'm, I'm actually about to do a cash out with the thing I'm on right now. And I said, oh, should I wait? He said, no, don't wait because you know, I'll have my earn out. But in the meantime, I'm actually not the right guy for you. The guy you know you want is this guy that is you know ridiculously smart in the area that you want, and um, is the person that you want to work with. And so your roles, like your co-founder is the CTO, and you're the like mm -hmm. you're the businessy marketing, and he's the I'm the good-looking guy, and he's the smart. No, I'm uh, so Brandon uh, Brandon Kane, my my uh, co-founder CTO, uh, is really well known in Canada as uh, as kind of an expert in predictive analytics and machine learning. Um, and you know, really well known in those circles. So being able to you know kind of convince him that I had the wherewithal to help lead on the on the as a you know, overall strategy partner and sales partner mm -hmm. and, and actually balance out and product have I guess with him as well. You know, we uh, it was the number one win. Uh, how do you how do you test that out? Because I mean, you get in, it's it's like dating, right? You you found a person, you're like you're pretty attractive. Let's sleep together. Okay, well, oh, we wait didn't a minute. Do that. That's good. Yeah. That's good. So don't sleep with your prospective co-founder. That's a, the tip for the day. That's the quote of the day. Um, but then how do you like know that on an ongoing basis that this is the co-founder you want to spend your days and nights? That's and really hard. I mean, honestly, I, I actually was talking to Brandon about that exact thing a few months ago. I was saying like, I'm really amazed at how well, you know, we've, we, we gel and how well we get along. And he said, why? I said, well, I dated my wife for five years before <laughs> I decided to get married to her and really spent this much time. And, I would say I spend a lot more time with you now than I do with her. Mm. And Brandon and I probably dated um, for a couple of months, um, but you know we work really hard to to be open and transparent with each other and make sure we're kind of sharing our ideas. Um, you know, and until you really had an incorporated company with other investors, you probably could have walked away. Right. Um, but you know, it, it was just awesome right from the beginning. So you just sort of knew, kind of. It's like a marriage thing. You just kind of know what works. You know, I know. I mean, I think you, you had it, it, we had to get to know each other. We actually live fairly close to each other, and there's a pub almost exactly in the middle. So for probably three months, we just kept meeting. You know, every other night at the pub and having a pint together. And after you get to do that a few times, um, you get to know some of the quirks of each other and and, and how it works. 
So you did you start off when you guys actually started building something? Was it this idea as it no. sort of is today? What was the thing that you started to build? We um, initially came to market with the idea, went to start you know our project, um, helping um, on this whole idea of giving very specific size coupons and targeted offers to people based on their past purchasing behavior and what you know their uh, their um, disposition or predisposition or likelihood to, um, to 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 take an offer yes and we built out using you know Brandon's intelligence and the predictive analytics and the, and the machine learning um, you know a really neat engine to actually serve up those offers mm -hmm. and we took it to a number of, of retailers and said that's exactly what we want in four years Oh, they were. They knew that it was they, something they, they did. Really want. cool. It's absolutely fantastic, and we really, really need that. And we were really focusing on mobile at the time. Yes, yes. And this whole concept of, of against showrooming and and mm. uh, working mm. against showrooming and helping the big retailers. You want to explain what showrooming is for people? So it's you know this whole you know this whole um, mystery of you know not really a mystery, but this whole tendency towards the fact that. Best Buy had the highest foot traffic last year at Christmas time ever, mm -hmm. but they had the lowest sales compared to Amazon having ridiculously fantastic sales where mm -hmm. people were going into Best Buy and seeing what they wanted and testing it out and, and bugging and annoying the staff there and, and using up all those resources and then going home and buying it online because mm -hmm. they could save you know a few bucks, which mm -hmm. is a really natural tendency for people to do and obviously it's it's somewhat parasitic mm -hmm. um, and uh, and it's not sustainable but it's definitely a trend on right now right so, so we were going to help retailers like focus on, on on coming up with a mobile experience or a tablet experience which would really counter that and give the information that people want to have and, um, and and help them kind of make decisions and probably affect the you know give them the best offer based on their tendency to. And this was not just Canadian retailers, but this was retailers general yeah. who were saying, "Hey, it was an ready. awesome idea." Yeah, <laughs> that's it's interesting that they they know that it's a thing, but they can't act on it. It's just because they had no, no. Like, mobile okay. presence. No, so or? there's a really interesting phenomena here in Canada, which is that. Um, there are big Canadian retailers and big American retailers here, and mm -hmm. so the big American retailers, we'd go to them and that were based here in Canada, we'd say, we want to do this and we want to do it with you, and you're awesome, and they'd say, you're fantastic, we don't make those decisions here in Canada, those are decisions to make the States, and they roll those things out in the States often, mm. instead of using Canada as a test bed, which is a real shame, because Canada's a great proxy, but yeah. there's a whole conversation around that. Um, and then we'd go to the, so we'd say, they'd say, we can connect you to the American guys, but they don't necessarily want to work with you, and we'll, we'll, we'll see what we can do. It wasn't really in their interest. They had no nothing to gain from that. Um, and then we go to the Canadian retailers, and they'd say, "We love exactly what you're doing, and we really want that in four years." Or until the American retailers come up here and start doing that, and they're still just starting to play with it in the states. We don't need to do it. We don't compete that way in Canada yet. So, how long did it take you to to figure out that okay, we've got something that's a little too advanced for our market? Uh, we should do something different. Probably about four months um, yeah. of just going and, and bashing our head against the wall and asking people questions. And we were literally getting just about to get on a plane to go down to the States to start pitching American retailers. And uh, we asked, we went back and said, listen, what we're hearing is that you don't need this for mobile. And they said, no, because it's really funny. We don't have that capability for e-com right now. And we hmm. said, oh, lightning. Okay, this is interesting. So if we could take what we're, our platform, the intelligence, we're channel agnostic. Would you be interested in this for um, for for your ecom? They said, "Yeah, can we do that?" 
I said, yeah, I, I don't care if it's for your mobile channel or for your e-com channel. So we really shifted to e-com. And it was right at the same time as, as Shopify was getting you know, so much attention because they really were hitting their stride and mm. doing their rounds. And, and it was, so we, we started working with the boutique retailers, but the integrations were obviously really tough and one-to-one. -to -one. Yeah. And we said, for the same amount of time and energy of integrating into one of these large retailers, we can integrate into thousands, tens, hundreds of thousands of, of, uh, of online retailers through guys like Shopify Magento. That's cool. So I just want to take a quick step back because I think that's a really, uh, that's a really hard thing to realize, which is um, how do you know, like people, as an entrepreneur, you have to be passionate about your idea. You built a thing, it's working, you've got MVP, you can prove that it actually works. You're talking to customers and they're like, nope, maybe, sort of, kind of, and I understand that from mm. my talking to lots of Canadian entrepreneurs that especially Canadians tend to be like, yeah, yeah, let me think about it. They don't say no. They just say, yeah, it seems cool. Actually, it's worse than that. They'll tell you what you're working on is really, really awesome. Right. And, just to make you feel good. Uh, yeah. And because Canadians often don't want to say that's really dumb, really bad. You're right. going to get screwed. And, um, and so if anyone ever comes to me, by the way, and asks me for advice, like the one thing you'll hear is that I, I don't do that to you. I will tell you when you're working on something that you're going to get flattened on. Right. Um, and, or you need to take a different approach. And I'll actually help people with their approach. Um, but but how, how do you know, even whether it's good or bad, you, you've got somebody saying, you know, people saying this is great, this is great, or eh, kind of. At what point, how do you know when the, 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 the lightning doesn't actually strike you? So how do you know as a person who's been kind of singularly focused for months on something that maybe we should shift? Yeah, I mean, I think we knew we were going down a path to start heading down the sales cycle to get into American retailers was going to be really long and mm. wasn't necessarily going to be what we wanted. And like literally, you know, the guys at Shopify were on every headline at the time. So mm. it was kind of like, well, you pick up any newspaper and it's like, wait a second, what do these guys need this? Now, the right. interesting challenge, the big leap of faith was, will Shopify's at that time, I think 110,000 stores, will they pay anywhere near what we could get from, we were really be talking about Best Buy, but <laughs> yeah, could we have gotten the money from Best Buy and could, would we have been better off just, you know, forcing down that long sales cycle and making some money from there? Yeah, it was a big leap of faith. Right, right. But there was enough noise to make you say, you know, there's a, we've been having trouble getting some traction. This seems to be a thing. There's, yeah, I mean, yeah. It was definitely, it was definitely a, a tough decision to make, but, um, but on the other hand, um, you know, it was only a couple of months of investment of your time and energy, probably not even that for the, for the MVP, a couple of weeks. And uh, we had a working model that we could actually start showing people. And again, we start getting a lot of traction. The question is, when do you start getting the money? And then do you have, do you have advisors that oh, you, yeah. and, and are, were they, uh, were they like a Greek chorus all echoing the same sentiments or were you getting like, no, you should totally keep going down this direction. No, you should totally change direction. So, because usually you surround yourself, the advisors I'm assuming were relatively smart fellows and ladies who have experience in some experience. Yeah. In, yeah. So, um, so I know one of the things that you try to tease out is, you know, what would you do better? Or what's not easy to do? And honestly, one of the toughest things of a startup is, is leveraging your advisors and your investors and, and asking them those questions because there's a real tendency, at least in my brain, um, and I think it's it's pretty common is to say, I've taken your money, I need to go away and only come back when I'm successful. Yes. And not to go back and say, I've got this really tough problem. Right. Um, and I, I don't, I can't make this decision or, hey, just want to let you know that, you know, life is still tough in startup world. Um, and, and going back and reminding them of that. Now, you know, I, I'm getting a lot better at talking to my investors and often they'll just say to me, listen, I, I know life is tough and 
eh, you don't need to keep coming back to me to tell me it's tough, but I'm not just going back to tell them I'm tough. I'm making sure that I, I'm, they know what I'm doing with their money and that right. I that I have a, a bit of a plan and they can help me. I can always tell even if they don't tell me, I can tell if they, what they think of the idea. <laughs> right, by their faces? <laughs> I'm going, wow, that's an interesting approach. <laughs> so, so yeah, okay, so, so were, were you, you did leverage your advisors at the time? Yeah, I mean, to a certain degree, to a certain degree and, and asking people, and, you know, asking smart people that we knew, like, yeah. what's it like to work with Shopify? And, and, and honestly, like there's a, an expression that's such a cliche, but it's like, it's better to be lucky. You know, I'd much prefer to be lucky than smart. And right. I, you know, there's a lot of things. I count on that for my career. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's no question. I mean, we didn't know, we knew Shopify was hot. We didn't realize that they were just really newly, awesomely hot. Right. We just thought, yeah, I hadn't really been paying attention to those guys, but right. it wasn't that. Like there was, suddenly there was everything. And, Shopify was releasing this new uh, embedded um, API, so like apps like ours, we're not really an app, but that's what they call us. So these platforms like us could integrate into them, um, but in an embedded way. So we're like, okay, well, this is the cool new way to you know work with Shopify, and we put all of our energy into being their um, an embedded app, so directly integrated into their UI, mm -hmm. which we didn't know they had never done before. We were the first right. guys to do it, and we put our energy into that, and like, literally lucky in the timing. Um, and we worked really hard on this great integration with these guys, and we were the first guys that they they liked and they saw and they approved to directly integrate into the UI. Hmm. So like suddenly we're part of the Shopify UI, right? And we thought like this is just what everyone's doing, and then they're like, "You guys are awesome! Like you've actually done what we wanted, and you're the first guys to do this." And so we got a lot of love and we got a lot of attention, and right. they really gave us input and advice into what we were doing, and hmm. and uh, and it's been a great relationship all the way through. So if so, once you you made that change and you started focusing on those platforms, with I guess Shopify being the biggest one that you first focused. We on? focused on like we knew we couldn't take them all on at the same sure. time, so we focused on Shopify, mm -hmm. um, great Canadian company, local obviously, the great local team in here in Toronto, mm -hmm. and it was only a short hop to get down to Ottawa. Mm -hmm. um, and and actually because Toronto is in Canada is so small, you end up always like you knew yeah. people there. Yeah. Like people know Satish. Uh, yes. And and Satish is in and Anarthi and 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 other parts of the gang are just like so well known in the community and they do such a great job at supporting the community. Mm -hmm. You could go to them and say, hey, we got this idea and they'd say, well, that's interesting. <laughs> or that's awesome. We really need that. There's no one doing anything like that. Right. And, and so, you know, so you, you started building up, uh, once you built up on their platform, you got customers, you started signing up bigger customers through, yeah, you, know, you marketed I mean, to them. Is that how we, you... we had, we had a ridiculous ramp up and it was, we started, so at first, <laughs> this is awesome. You know, you carve out a little bit of your day every once in a while to kind of do something really fun. And so I spent like literally a morning, which is, seems like a dumb investment time now, but I spent a morning like jury rigging an iPad to chime every time we got a customer. Right. And it was really awesome when we were going in and talking to investors because it like the thing would chime in the middle. Of, I would take this iPad, I only had one iPad, and we'd right. take it with me and in the investors and we'd be doing a demo and it would chime and be like, oh, we had a new customer. And they'd be like, oh, that's awesome. Right. The problem was it got so the ching was chiming like every 30, 40 <laughs> seconds. So we had to start. We started with this big long gong that took like 30 seconds to resonate and then it would gong again so we had to move this to this little time and then that got really annoying so we just had to turn it off. So like the ramp up was awesome right. um, and we really enjoyed it 
Um, and then we had to start turning on the gong for when we got people to go from free to paid, right? And that was, yes. that was a lot more exciting. Right. Yeah. So. Yes, you're doing the, the activation or the, the Dave McClure funnel. Yeah, The gong for, okay, it's acquisition, okay, that's too much. Now it's activation, okay, that's too much. Plus, the Dave McClure's got a potty mouth, but the guy is brilliant. I mean, <laughs> like, seriously, like, like and it's really funny you mentioned Dave because, like, I know, that I know some of those guys and I got to know them because they're activity in the startup world. And yeah. And like what they've done for helping people focus is just fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I actually bought that. I actually own the domain 500startups.ca. What? Um, because they they came up here. Those guys, you know, a bunch of those uh, accelerators came up to Canada, mm. and they started talking. And I was like, they said they're going to open a Canadian office to be more active up here. I want to think about the domain, and they didn't own the domain. So I wrote I, I wrote the guys at 500, uh, and uh, and I said like, hey, like, you know, here. Take it. Like, just give me the name of your 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 CTO, and I'll just transfer the domain over to you. And they're like, yeah, just redirect it over to us. That's really awesome of you. Thanks for doing it. And now I've got this great relationship with the guys down there. So like, it's all about networking and getting <laughs> yeah. to know each other. Right? Um, and by the way, I did a, I missed the last one, but this is entrepreneurs in small rooms drinking coffee. Uh, we're with Aaron of Vantage Analytics. Yeah. So. Um, so you, you, you got some traction, and at the time you're bootstrapped, right? You're still bootstrapping it. Yeah, I mean, that was the, I mean, listen, I'm, I'm not the 23-year-old prototype, um, as you can tell by the deep voice. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not the typical prototypical, you know, 23-year-old guy that's, you know, just running through the, his first little company. Yes. Um, Brandon and I were both accomplished um, guys, and we actually had some traction as far as you know, people that knew us and liked us, and we had a decent reputation in uh, in the country and around the world. Um, so we had a little bit of money saved up, and we were able to to kind of bootstrap ourselves, which gave us a, a, a you know great runway. Mm -hmm. um, and it also meant that we were different than when we when we went out to talk to you know other organizations. We could actually like our first investors. Some of them were foreign investors. Mm -hmm. That's really rare in Canada for a seed round. Yeah, uh, we raised one point one. You know, almost a third of it came uh, from overseas, and that's really different. To have direct foreign uh, investment into a Canadian seed company is very, very new. What, what, what was the catalyst to say, okay, now is the point where we should now go out and actually get a proper seed round, rather than burning through your savings? Oh well, we were pretty, pretty tight on the savings. <laughs> Got it. So it's just a need for, and then how do you know? No, how much no. You I mean, it wasn't just that. I mean, the fact was we had actually hit critical mass, um, and we had a really great story to tell. Mm -hmm. um, we had to make a decision, like, do we want to borrow more money from, you know, from our, our uh, you know, from what we had kind of saved up, or yeah. dip down any further, or did it really make sense at that point? Um, at some point, you say, like, I can do okay with what I've got and with the money we're bringing in. Or we can really take this to the next level, and that means like five times more money coming into the company, and Got it me. means to have the resources. And um, so we had um, at the time like two fantastic employees, and now we have ten. Um, right. And so you could, we couldn't have done that with with our own savings. Right, it would take years and years and years. Yeah, and we would have never. Shopify would be different and yeah the timing wouldn't have been right so right. it was just about finding and also at some point like you're telling the story to a bunch of like for us we were telling, like, telling the story to a bunch of people and they're saying i want to get involved in that mm. you guys raising any money i'm like yeah yeah okay how much, <laughs> what do you got and how do you know to raise a million versus 500k versus two million how do you know what that amount should be yeah so um uh honestly you have to figure out what you need mm -hmm. in order to get yourself to that next level. Mm -hmm. um, is it compatible with what the market is kind of, you know, got available out there? Right. And 
and what you can do in a reasonable amount of time because you don't want to be distracted raising money 24 7. That's what I was going to say that, that it takes a while to raise the money and then you want enough time to actually work on your company and not have to go out and start raising again. Yeah. So I love raising money. It, it, it's a lot of fun. It wasn't as hard as it is it, you know, uh, I think a lot of organizations do. I mean, cause mm -hmm. maybe because I'm a little older because maybe because Brandon and I had a really good story and we already had a really good seat of a team. Um, Alex Mansurati, who was, is our lead on the data analyst, like is a recent grad, but the guy's like wicked smart. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and you could just put him in a room with anybody and he could talk and he'd, he could actually communicate effectively. Like you can, there's a lot of data analysts you just don't communicate and right. Alex is brilliant. And we had, um, 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 you know, Shea came on, um, just before we raised as well. Mm -hmm. And, uh, um, like, Talk about a wonder in, in, in that he's our kind of lead architect and, 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 and dev and all around kind of gel for, from the dev side. And man, like that guy, A, has a ridiculous reputation in the community and mm -hmm. he's been so helpful in helping us recruit other people and his reputation. Everyone's like, I want to work with Shay, which is fantastic. Um, but uh, I shouldn't say this, so we're going to have a hard time fending off other people. But I mean, <laughs> but we have just, we have a fantastic team and we knew that we wanted to give them the rest of the resources to take this thing to the next level. And how much of it, see, uh, how much of it is that? I mean, like, so you, you've raised some money, you've got, you had a team, a little nugget of a team, and now you've got a bigger team. How much of it is about the team versus the technology versus the customer? Like, is, is how important is getting the team to gel and work properly versus just having just a product that's just inherently compelling and useful? You can't have a compelling product without having a great team. Right. I mean, yeah, I mean, you, maybe you could fall into the right UI and fall into the right way of doing code. Like, it's hard. Um, this is really not easy stuff. And what looks cool to me and is like, you know, what I, makes sense to me is probably going to be wrong. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of testing and. And you know, it, there's this really tough, tough thing you have to do in, in a startup world, which you know, you've everyone's got different, you know, euphemisms for it. It's painting the bus while it's driving down the street, or putting together an airplane, or changing it, you know, changing a tire, or whatever else. Like the point is, like you're building something that's just good enough to get you through that next, you know, to the next thing, and hoping that you're not incurring too much tech debt um, as you're doing it, so that you don't have to rewrite everything when you get to the next level. Right. And having a team that can do that, and so this is some some of the cool stats. Like um, Vantage is now got, uh, we've we've now processed, you know, in the range of a billion and a half um, dollars worth of transactions, well, which is. For a company that's two, less than two years old, we've only been in operations like out there with customers mm. for you know for a year. That's a ridiculous amount of data, um, and um, so and we're working in eighty countries around the world with mm. like basically you know twenty five hundred you know uh, retailers. Mm -hmm. um, we you know we most of our customers are not in, like in fact fifty percent of our customers are in the states, but the rest of, are mostly around the world. We have about six seven percent here in Canada. Like we're not a small Canadian company thinking small, we're right. like really thinking big and we're already getting massive amounts of data. Um, and we have to scale so much, like so much data and that that's really tough. So how do you, how do you do that? So you're, you're take us to today. You're, you're, uh, you've, you've got your money, um, enough to hire enough people and like take yourself to the next level. So how are you, where are you in your map? Like you've got all the, all these different countries, you've got a bunch yeah. of customers that are inbound mainly, like how do you get them as customers? Yeah, I mean, with a, with a great, we work, so, you know, for us, a really neat tech hack or, or I guess marketing hack was the fact that we, we work on top of these um, other platforms like Shopify, Magento, and, and BigCommerce, and uh, talking to with a couple other really cool ones right now. Um, and, uh, 
and they help a lot with the you know getting our name out there mm -hmm. uh, and helping us recruit. Excuse me, at least the free customers. Mm -hmm. And then it's about you know at the bottom of the bottom of the of the funnel and how do you convert people from free to paid. Mm -hmm. um, and and with that, you know, it's obviously really tough. But we've recruited great team, ridiculously smart. We got a decent product out there. What we have coming out in two months' time is just like light years ahead, and I'm so excited about that. Mm -hmm. um, but we've also got great advisors and great people behind us. So so. You know the fact that we we didn't need to take the money from real ventures we had actually already raised almost the, the whole round on our own uh, from kind of people that we knew and, and other people we were talking to mm -hmm. um, and then we had the opportunity to work with real and we took it and we had to ask a bunch of our investors to to take a lower amount and put in less and a couple you know people we said listen like just can you wait for the next round or what have you or like listen I really appreciate the offer but maybe we won't take your money right um, and because we really wanted to work with the guys at real and 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 I shouldn't I mean you know Janet um, Bannister was coming on as the as the lead here in Toronto mm -hmm. and she's just a wicked you know general partner so we've got this really great vibe of, of input like Real Ventures is behind Frank and Oak. They're behind um, uh, Beyond the Rack, and so the ecom um, knowledge in this team is fantastic. Right. And they, actually, their sense of data is actually really strong too. So, if you want to draw upon, like, we wanted to get into a great opportunity, and now we've got that behind us, and we're putting together some really awesome stuff. So, how do you know? I mean, if when you bring on investors like that, especially that they want that kind of growth, that kind of crazy growth, I'm assuming. Well, everyone wants that crazy growth. Right. But when you, I mean, if you bring on, if you bring on like friends job. and family kind of seed round, that's one kind of thing. If you bring on sort of like yeah, I mean, firms. So, you know, that, that's part of the conversation you have with your co-founder at the very beginning. Are, is, are we starting a lifestyle business where we don't, you know, we don't really care what we do or are we starting something that we're going to cash out? Right. And that's an awesome thing about the Toronto community is that you can, you know, you'll, you'll start setting your bar even higher because as it gets... You see other success like Chango. Holy crow, guys! That was fantastic. Like great cash out and um, and so totally awesome because I know where you guys were a few years ago and I know you've been exactly where other startups have been and, and you guys grounded out and you really figured out what you want to do and you had you know ridiculous passion for it and and kudos to you for doing it. So like and now that I want like Chango got what 120 million like. My bar is now set not much higher, and I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna like totally, you know, my team is. So how how does that affect you? In I mean, in your trajectory, you know what to do. I mean, the obvious thing would be to get more customers, make sure your conversion rate is higher from the free to the premium accounts and stuff oh, like man, that. Oh man, let me write this down. Uh, <laughs> I mean, so the obvious thing is just convert more customers, right? Yeah. Get more money, get more revenue. Um, does does bringing on these kinds of investors and that kind of thing does that influence? How you, what you, yes. who you go after, or how you convert, or anything like that. So the guys to figure out your next. The guys are real ventures. So uh, you know, let's be honest. Like angel investors will often not work too hard to invite, in, you know, interfere. Depending on the angel, obviously, but sure, they if they're, if they're going, it's not dumb money. It's just that we have people that are either past entrepreneurs that will be respectful and say wait for and wait for you to come to them, which mm -hmm. is awesome, but maybe not necessarily good for you. Like part of what we need, I think any startup needs is someone on you to say, so let's talk about this month versus last month, and let's talk about next month versus this month, because, you know, this number's not what we, I wanted it to be, yeah, what yeah. you wanted it to be, and and actually, I should say, like, I don't think Real Ventures has ever said to us, that number's not what we want it to be. They're saying, well, what are your goals, Hamilton? Like, where are you taking this company, and yeah. do you think that number's gonna get you where you want it to be? Yeah. And if not, like, let's talk about what you really should be doing in order to, to right. enhance it. And that that's, a really cool approach in the sense of supporting the entrepreneur at the same time as like I want their attention and if I'm not doing 
the cool things that they know I need to be doing in order to grow the company, I'm not going to get their attention, you know, right. as easily next time and next week and next year when I need a, need a favor. So yeah. Well, that, so you, that was interesting because you also said that you purposefully, you went after the guys who would, uh, who were kind of in your space. You didn't just take money. You took money that was aligned we, we turned with down what money. you, what you wanted to do. Yeah. Like, we turned down a lot of money actually. Yeah. And we focused on people that were smart, knew what we wanted to do. Uh, they got what we wanted to do and they, could see other opportunities to help leverage us, and, and that was really important. Um, yeah. There's, you know, a lot of people. I know there's a lot of startups out there that are struggling. That'll say, you know, I can't raise money, can't raise money. There is a lot of money on the street, and there's a lot of money you can tap into. Um, obviously, it's a little easier for a guy that's been around for a few years and has got a great reputation as having built it up as a, you know, from you know past um, CV. Um, and that makes it easier, but there is a lot of money in the street. You just got to have the right story and the right connections and the, and the right way to kind of cut through the right. clutter. And then you can choose who you want to work with. Right. And you, and you, uh, so, so what's next for Vantage is, uh, scaling, <laughs> but are you like looking for like crazy big customers? Like how do you, cause I mean, Shopify has a, for example, or Magento, they have a whole swath of customers. I think, you know, yeah. uh, Shopify is 150,000, like talk about trajectory, like massive, massive growth. And Magento is obviously a big daddy in the area and big commerce is doing like just great growth. And this talk about, you know, all these guys and going IPO in the next little while. And, and but I mean, if you look at the storefronts, I don't know this for a fact, yeah. really, but if you look at the storefronts, I mean, of the 150,000 stores on any given platform, you know, there's a guy selling a hat, <laughs> right? Like it's, 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 mm. uh, yeah, they have different sizes. I mean, they all, they all cater to different guys. Like the Magento guys, um, some of them are quite big, like yeah. they get really big. Yeah. Um, and uh, like I know major, major retailers that are running off of Shopify, uh, sorry, off of Magento. <laughs> and, but the interesting thing is, uh, you know, I know a lot of big retailers that are looking at Shopify now and saying, Hey, maybe that could work for us too. And it's a little bit simpler and, but you know, um, so they all have their strengths and weaknesses. Magento is really customizable and there's a lot of really, it's open source. So there's a lot of things yeah. you can customize, but sometimes that means there's a lot of things you have to customize and that, right. that's a challenge for us. Some people don't want that. Um, so they're all different. So, but are you like looking at the bigger, as you grow, are you looking for the shops that are yeah, so larger in revenue? The, the bigger question is how do you, like, for organizations like us yeah. that have got, you know, ridiculously great talent working behind them. We have a lot of opportunities. The toughest thing for us is, is saying no to things and, right. and trying to decide where to go next is, is closing off doors and say, or at least closing them mostly and saying, we're not going to do that right now. Um, we're getting pulled into a lot of different areas. One of the interesting things is we're getting pulled into bigger and bigger organizations that are saying, we don't have the insight and action capabilities that you have. So one of the things we do is we don't just tell you, tell you the information, we actually help you action it. So right. um, one of the things that we've built into, um, into Vantage is um, if you need to increase your repeat customer rate, we actually um, will help you understand and we'll actually pull for you from your past customers, which of your past customers are most likely to repurchase and we'll do a Facebook retargeting campaign for you. Now what that means is you need to have on your own, if you're doing this, you'd actually have to have a Facebook ads account. You'd have to apply for Facebook credit. You'd have to have learned how to use uh, their basic, you know, application or power editor. Um, you'd have to decide what images to upload. You'd have to decide what copy to write. Um, and, um, and that may be more than a lot of people want to do. Right. Um, and I think a lot of small, medium, and I'm, up to say 20 million in size have played with Facebook ads and you know with varying different degrees of success mm -hmm. and because you don't actually put so much into it or you make a mistake in, in one of the you know tools 
Um, what we've built is a fantastically simple way to do that. We'll actually pull the images from the, from the store for you. We actually have suggested copy, mm. um, and the images may be based on your top sellers, or the ones you need to clear out inventory on, because we've got that data. I see. And we'll intelligently build the ads for you, and not just that. If you've got, say, three different you know, images and four different you know, ad copies, we'll actually build 12 ads for you in different combinations of permutations. Huh. We'll run all 12 ads for you, and then shortly after we start running them, we're looking at the data about what's happening in them, and we'll start calling the ones that are not performing and putting that money back into ones that are performing and, and really increasing the ROI in your spend. So you've, you've taken the analytics platform and you're sort of bleeding into the marketing automation it's not automation because we still need someone there to work with it, and, right. but the, the idea is making marketing so much easier and scaling and, and they're making the return on the investment uh, on, on things like Facebook or email or, uh, or you know, SMS or, or mobile push that much better and making sure that people actually get what they need out of the of platforms. And that's something that gets, you know, no one can do that right now except for Vantage. Um, and so that means we're getting pulled by really large organizations that are saying, I want to run multivariate ad testing, and I want to be able to do that. And be like, okay, well, let's talk about what that strategy looks like. Right. That's that's challenging to figure out when you say yes to yes, we should work on that, even though it's a big company or big brand. You might want to be like, mm, you know, this is not exactly where we're going. Or yes, this seems like an interesting path to well, try down. Yeah. yeah, you don't want to chase all the dollars, but the fact is that you know, dollars make it easier to sleep and build your team and yeah. everything. So it's a, it's a tough line. We're really passionate about growing small, medium-sized stores, and that means from the guy from the, or gal from their first time they're selling that first hat mm -hmm. um, up to you know twenty million dollar companies that are running like ridiculously important um, content um, mm -hmm. companies that are just trying to figure out the next content to serve mm. or the next uh, you know the next book to, for someone to buy or whatever. Cool. Well, uh, sadly we're out of time, but. What? Uh, we just I know. started. I know. But uh, thanks for joining us. So, uh, Vantage, what's the URL for Advantage if people, for Vantage when people want to try it? Yeah, so uh, go to gotvantage.com and uh, you can get us on Twitter at gotvantage. There you go. So, uh, thanks to Aaron of Vantage Analytics for coming in today for Entrepreneurs in Small Rooms Drinking Coffee. Thanks to Nick Kuhn for producing the show and for TWG for hosting us. And we'll see you next Thursday, bright and early. Thanks, Rob.